0: Ladies, gentlemen, I want you to listen to something real quick. Just listen to this, right? I don't know if you can hear that, but that's <laughs> of a nice, delicious, fizzy can of whoopass, and that is something that you can have free access to with our discount code OpenGuardCast25 for election performance. If you want to open up a can, a bottle, uh, a, a whole case, a flat of whoop-ass, then you can do that at your disposal with Open GuardCast 25 election performance. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Watts, and I'm joined, as always, by Danny O'Donnell for the Open GuardCast. This is like episode 30-something, right? 33 or 34? 33 or 34. Oh, it's 34. 34. 34, you're right. Yeah. um, First of all, before we even get going into what we're doing, today is a duo episode. We do not have a guest. The only guest is the lovely... Uh, presence of just Danny O'Donnell. That is and my and the
1: can of whoopass
0: and the can of whoopass that I'm going to be drinking intermittently <laughs> throughout the episode. Um, first of all, thank you guys so much uh, for subscribing to our YouTube and for listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the different places that we're trying just to insert ourselves. Um, so <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, but yeah, uh, before we get going, Danny, I got tattooed yesterday and it's my final tattoo on my sleeve the the very last one shout out to josh carter tattoo and dame of the west tattoo for tattooing me for the past one and a half years on my by arm. that
1: do you mean like the final coloring of it's it and the final, finishing
0: like the whole sleeve is finished we are done we are good to go Looks um awesome. but but it got me thinking danny it got me thinking how many episodes of the open guard cast and i put this on instagram i put this on my on my instagram just like kind of you know putting it out there um thinking about how many episodes do you think it's going to take before it's okay, before I should get the Open Guard cast logo tattooed on my body? 100. What ugh, Man, but 100 is so soon. I was thinking 200 or like 250. Like it's got to be a – four you think – you're just going yeah. up. No, no,
1: no, oh, 500 because that would be about 10 years of doing it. If you th- if we did one a week, it would less, be less well, – no, it would be like maybe nine nine-ish years i'll be 32 10 years into the open guard cast
0: that's it crazy that's, all, that's how old I'll,
1: I'll still be 31 i'll be the same age you will you'll be
0: uh <laughs> you will be uh not that young but you will be nice and uh nice and old you'll be right i would say <laughs> yeah i'll
1: be right you'll be
0: that's a disgusting way of saying something that's really <laughs> gross anyway um uh, we are, we are the Open Guard cast, and we're going to be reviewing some stuff, recapping some stuff, just kind of going over some some awesome things that have been happening in the community. I would say that Jiu-Jitsu is in a really good spot right now in the midst of – I mean the coronavirus has been a thing for a while now, but we're – I think it's starting to kind of get better, would you say? Yeah, I think a lot of states
1: are doing better. So, some, I mean, have regressed. That's definitely a thing too, but I feel like in terms of Jiu-Jitsu, it's kind of falling into – a little bit of a groove now like people are understanding how to put on super fight shows they have some examples to follow so now you're starting to see a few more pop up and uh i think this is just kind of going to be the landscape for the rest of 2020 for sure maybe into 2021 with you know mostly just super fights and stuff like that but um it was cool to see spider have an event it was cool um to see bjj stars putting on an event next weekend so i think other other promotions are starting to kind of learn from Fight to Win and, and Third Coast and uh, what else? Jits King and just kind of yeah. understanding that these types of events are possible with certain regulations. So it's cool to to
0: see more promotions kind of jump into the fold. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I'm excited for uh, – to see like which Superfight promote like, – because there's going to be a lot, right? Superfights are going to be huge right now because tournaments are not yeah. a thing. No, like it will impact the rankings for Flow Grappling, right? Because there's there's not like – one incredibly respected ranking system like we're not ESPN you know what I mean when you see a number next to Jorge Masvidal or Kamaru Usman those are the UFC rankings those are like the worldwide MMA rankings as far as I'm concerned since UFC is a standard yeah. we don't really have that and the IBJJF rankings are kind of just statistic result points you know what I mean they're not really like
1: yeah I think like there's a lot Andrew, of the- number
2: one
0: there's a lot of high-level champions in the IBJJF
1: who've won Worlds at Black Belt who aren't, like, the number one-ranked guys because they don't compete in as many IBJJF tournaments. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely respectable, obviously, if you have a lot of IBJJF points. That means, mm-hmm. you know, you've traveled, you've done well at all the tournaments you've competed in. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that those are a reflection of the best people in the world always. Sure. Maybe if you are, have but... the
0: money, if you have the money to travel to an IBJJF tournament every weekend, every other weekend, you get third place in every tournament. And sometimes that's like, you know, four people divisions. You can still be ranked very, very high under the IBJJF criteria. That's my point is like you yeah. can, like you do. If you have the money for it and you have the time for it and the patience for it, then you can get ranked high. The flow grappling rankings are like the first step into becoming better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I hope they meet for a panel. Like I was just gonna my, say my that. My
2: clipping, by the way.
1: No, no, it sounds okay, good.
0: Good. I have like a little green light on it, and it like I just I fear that if I talk too loud, it's gonna turn red. So as you got closer,
1: at... it sounds better. But sick.
0: Um, but yeah, I hope that they meet like on a panel, and they and they yeah, go me too. for you know the 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 structure of the rankings. I know my ranking dropped. I'm not gonna go on strike or nothing. Uh, I fought outside my I fought outside my weight class like three times in a row, so it makes sense. And Gabriel Almeida like beat Roberto and got my ranking. I was like,
2: damn it! I was like,
0: damn. <laughs> we were just talking before we uh, press record how much we like Gabriel Almeida, Actually, we like really yeah, like yeah, style guy. is really cool. He's cool. Super I want to get him fun. on the show. I'm gonna invite him. Yeah, real. I would love that. And then I'll be like, damn you, you choked me. No
1: <laughs> <laughs> I liked what you said though about like having a panel because. It's cool. I like what Flow is doing with the rankings. Like, it's cool to have a ranking system, and I know it's a lot of work. But I feel like part of a good ranking system is having debate. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need different minds coming into one room and just saying, like, I think this person should be here, and someone else saying, I think they should be here, and just both people kind of putting their arguments against each other um, and just coming to like a common conclusion among a group. I feel like would be would be more fair. I know we're still a small sport, and this ranking system kind of just started. I mean it can't be more than like a year and a half old or something like that, maybe less, but
0: – We just need to call Ricardo Amendola and get be like, Ricardo, do you have time for like a six-hour Skype call and make yeah. the first ever open guard cast rankings and see how many people – Yeah, what if we add? did
1: that? What if we came up with our system and people we started – came up with
0: our own ranking system and then every time – that's down the line. Anyway, that's, that's, that's so far remo- – right now this is a two-man operation. All right. I just
1: felt like I had some ideas popping in my head too. Like each tournament gets like a a multiplier, and then yeah. where you play, you know,
0: but yeah. Well, you, what what you guys listening don't know is that Danny and I will just like first of all, our text messages will sometimes start out with kind of like a, a raunchy hello, <laughs> but uh, but we actually like an idea will pop in my head of like uh, it could be eleven at night, and I'll be like Danny, like I <laughs> had this idea. I
1: actually and, think that's really important for us to keep growing. Like oh, for sure. If yeah. you have any, even if it sounds stupid, like I'm oh. sure I've had like really bad ideas i was gonna use a bad word i was gonna, i have <laughs> terrible ideas and
0: <laughs>
2: my uh, my I default myself,
0: setting my it. default setting is uh is low on the iq spectrum <laughs> so i have to raise it a little bit like we talk about danny being older but danny's also much smarter you think this is a joke Debatable. i'm just i'm just a i'm just an athlete that's a <laughs> me me lift me eat uh so let's jump into this let's jump into fight to win uh kind of i guess the past two weeks like fight to win 146
1: 147 right so i have a question for you starting out so they've had uh events like you said like almost every friday the past few weeks like what are there any fights in the past two weekends let's say that like really stood out that you feel like you want to talk about
2: hmm
0: uh fights that are going to happen or fights that have happened fights that have happened so i really uh i think that there there was a moment that i i want to talk about that uh, to me stood out just in Roberto Jimenez's performance at Takumite uh, 3. Oh, awesome. We didn't talk about that at all. Yeah. It was him versus Combs. John Combs being uh, the, the very first guest we ever had. We love John Combs. But there was a moment in the fight where, and this is something that I feel like is the key that you have to watch with Roberto in Nogi. Uh, everybody kind of lets him get going from close guard. It's a very interesting for me, like I feel like as a competitor uh, and especially just – you know, I was raised to never – like the whole idea, and this is what I teach the kids in the kids' class as well, is to be first. Like the idea is, man, I don't want to let this guy get his game going. I want him to con- – like if you if, – if we were both to race, Danny, um, regardless if you're faster than me or not or you're better than me at running or not, if you said, hey, Jake, you can start a foot ahead – I would always take that like if you, if that was part of the, the, the deal. So the way I think about jujitsu is what if I can start in my position, right? That's why I sit guard, right? For I, I have a little more confidence in my guard than I do my passing, especially at the start of a match. And with passing, you have to either take them down and end up in a position that you would like to fight from, or you're going to have to experience their guard pull and try to, uh, you know, maneuver your way into a position that's favorable for your pass. I think with guard pulling, if you're more of a guard player, you're able to set up your guard first. So that's how I like to play. I like to start in my position. It's something I did well versus Felipe Andrew, something that I did well versus uh, Ronaldo, even Roberto when we fought. But I noticed that when people fight Roberto in Nogi, it seems like he always gets to his close guard. He's very good at getting there. But I feel like when people get there, there's not a lot of urgency to get out of there. There's not a lot of like, man, I don't want to be here. There's not a lot of don't let Roberto get the close guard. So when Combs fought Roberto and he ended up standing up and Roberto stood up with a good body lock and and took the back. Combs was really close to the out of bound, and he kind of just spun in a circle and got his back taken. And it was very awkward for me to watch because I was like, man, like I would I might roll or sit my butt down or do something uh, other than like spinning was just kind of weird. I don't know. It was, do, it was, do you it think the, Combs the moment be- was what the mo- Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the no, moment go ahead. for me. It just showed me like I had like a moment I was like man like everybody's letting Roberto get to his close guard everybody's letting him kind of get his game going and that's something you cannot do with a fighter like Roberto you know what I mean who's so active so aggressive so fast like he's always moving you would think man I want to make this guy uncomfortable so he moves less you know what I mean yeah it it kind of it makes a lot of sense I feel like.
1: The guys who are really good at, like, the Barambolos and the good transitions from bottom, like, <laughs> once they get one step ahead, everything builds until eventually they're on your back and they're, like, exactly. trying to choke you.
0: Exactly. Go, 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 go.
1: I was just going to say it just reminded me of the match with Hibamar and uh, Jonathan Alves. Like, I felt like <laughs> Jonathan was – like, he didn't get super deep on all of his uh, Barambolo transitions, but when he started to get deeper is when he started to have more success. Like, he would get – like, he'd be able to invert. And he wouldn't shut him down, shut down that first step. And then he would start eventually, you know, coming up on top, getting into leg drags or getting into transitions where he's trying to get the twister hook stuff like that. So it just yeah. reminded me of, of what you said.
0: And yeah. And the same point can be made in that, like about the Britain Bull fight. I think any fight where you have to be ahead of the other person, they have to be a step behind. The person defending that position has to be moving like you got to, You can't stop. And um, if you see some of my most recent fights, I didn't follow that. I didn't even like practice what I'm preaching right now versus Gabriel Argus, for instance. I completely froze defending my back. I could have definitely been like, nope, like, OK, I lost the position. But for some reason, I held on a grip until literally my back was taken. And I was like, well, I don't know. And looking back on the film, me and Andre, my, my professor, are sitting back watching the film. And I'm like, why am I holding that grip the whole time? And he's like, that was, I was about to ask you the same thing, Jake. And, uh, just kind of looking at other fighters who are very active right now. Um, by the way, congratulations, Roberto Cyborg, for winning that, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Oh, that wasn't Kumite 3. Sorry. It was opponent. the one I Oh, no. That was, that was Kumite 3 that I was talking about prior, but Kumite yeah. 4 was won by Roberto or, uh, Roberto Cyborg. Cy- oh, yeah, huh? Duh. Yep. But they both won. Two Roberto's won back to back. But, um, I wasn't wrong, it turns out. But I, I, I just noticed that, you know, the more active you let a fighter like Roberto be, the harder time you're going to have. And uh, another fight that stood out to me, if if you want me to f- expand upon your question, yeah. was Felipe Andrew versus Lucas Barbosa. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I remember the, I don't know if it was the very last time they fought, but one time they fought prior to this match was. Um, their match i think it was pan ams or worlds where Felipe andrew was doing very very well and lucas barbosa just saw an opportunity took his back and choked him and it was very quick very fast and in this one you kind i think that that's a dynamic between these two grapplers is who's going to be more explosive and catch that submission uh man Felipe andrew th- threw up this triangle that out of it, it looked it didn't look out of nowhere but if you're watching the match and you're not like eyeballing it it seemed like whoa like triangle holy crap it was very very fast and that to me made me realize something about the no gi game a lot of things happen and you need to get them a little bit more quickly than the gi and these may sound like well duh there's no grips but for me as a competitor and a coach and you know someone who does this podcast with you it's like i'm constantly getting these reaffirmations in my head of things i already know but maybe there's a little you know there's a little tidbit of information that comes along with it that is new. So it's not like I'm, you know, just now learning that, holy crap, you need to be quicker in Nogi. It's just like it's a reaffirmation of something like, oh, man, that really does prove the point. Like, I really need to work on that in my own game. I really need to think harder about that to articulate it to my students. The list goes on. that's yeah. why it's important. And I feel like what those
1: reaffirmations kind of make things stick in your mind better, too. Yeah, for sure. So. But, yeah, we were talking before we started recording, too, about Philippe Andrew and just, like, how we like his style. Like, he's always going for submissions. Um, maybe he doesn't play, like, the points game quite as – I don't know. He, I'm sure he plays it really well, but he doesn't – he's not a super strategic, like, mm. trying to win by points type of fighter. He's yeah. going out there trying to submit you, and I think that's really cool.
2: It was
0: very – like, I didn't even register it until after the fight. I was like, man, like, I just – that's super cool. Like I just got a like a really good match with the guy who won the absolute division of Europeans. Like it made me very yeah. very happy, particularly for my own confidence. Um I don't talk about we we don't really talk about the mentality of uh of each other on the show ever, but it made me think cuz like I've confidence is something that uh, I feel like I've always struggled with. Um which may not seem, you know, like if you look at my <laughs> fights when I was brown belt, purple belt, and I was just a crazy kid, just throwing everything I could at people, and I still want to do that, but I would, uh, I, have always like overthought everything in my life, almost to like a to an obsessive compulsive um, extent. I can relate. Yeah, man, it's, and, it, and like jujitsu had affected me very, very much, and and it affects me even now, but uh, I feel like in in the fight with Felipe. I was very, very like sheltered. Like I, I I didn't do much. And with Hudson, the same thing. But with Hudson, it, it turned out to be the necessary game plan with Hudson for me to win because if I were to you know, go at him like he wanted to go at me, I was surely probably going to lose because that guy – I mean you didn't – you never fought Hudson. Um, I pray that you don't. Uh, not because I don't think you can win, but because it's just rough. It's a rough (laughs) fight, dude. Like I, we didn't, if you look back at the fight, we didn't even do anything really. Like it was a very, very slow, slow, Well, I think
1: from like a layman's perspective, you could say that, but for sure. But what I meant is
0: I didn't feel like I did much in the fight. Like I felt like my whole fight was circling my legs in, but after the fight, I was so sore because he's, he's just that strong Mm -hmm. and just, you know, going back to my, to my point I just feel like uh, it was very very cool for me to to have that moment. Like, man, yeah, I lost to Philippe Andrew, but I I, I did good. I'm going in the right direction. You know what I mean? And and uh, Definitely. and right now in my life, and this is just something like I, I thank you guys uh, who are listening before the show. Like right now in my life, it's very important. Uh, like the next fight I have, uh, you know, Open Guard casts the official commentary team of BJJ Woodstock. Don't forget it. <clears throat> but uh, that is the next event is me and Matt Layton. And uh, uh Matt Layton is a fantastic competitor as well. I'm very excited and preparing for it. Uh but like before and after that, I'm not gonna be doing too much jujitsu for just a little bit. Uh not like training. I'm gonna be training all the time and pr- working on myself. But like it's interesting. For the longest time I kind of just was, you know, living at home with my parents and just training all day and I was a jiu jitsu bum and and I still uh I don't function like that, but like, that's all I did. I just did jujitsu and I ate food and I played video games and it's like, dude, life is great. But right now it's like, I'm moving out and, um, I'm in that process and it's just a little different. I feel like I'm starting to get into like, you know, the Danny O'Donnell era of my (laughs) life where uh, people are going to start being like, Oh man, like you look so young though. (laughs) Oh man. That's funny. I'm just playing the grown grown up era. Yeah. I'm in the growing up era. And now it's like, okay, what do I do? Do I keep on training and, and hammering away and, and putting like the other things on the back burner? Or do I can, or do I start to take charge and like, Hey, let's build a financial future. Let's learn about everything I need to do off the mat. That's going to secure my time on the mat rather than just spending as much time competing as possible, which in my first year at black belt, uh, I probably would have still done, but this whole coronavirus thing happened. So now it makes me think like, what if this happens again and I'm not ready for it? You know, what if this happens again and I have nothing and I'm just competing and then that gets taken away? I can't. Yeah. You
1: know? I, th- I think that's one of the, actually one of the benefits of the coronavirus is like, it really got you thinking about your future. And like, definitely for me too, for everyone, I feel like, because things don't feel as secure. It feels like anything can just change on a dime. So like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't feel like you have to, um, necessarily like choose, choose, between jiu-jitsu and like building the type of life and type of financial future that you want. I think what it'll probably do for you is just make you pick your jiu-jitsu battles like a little bit more cautiously. Like instead of just okay, I'm going to compete every weekend in the month of September, you might pick a few tournaments or pick one tournament a month or you know, one super fight a month where you feel like it's the ch- the kind of challenge that you want that's really going to help you grow. And then that kind of gives you some time too to like work on yourself and you know, do all those other things that are going to get your head in the right place for when you actually do compete.
0: For sure. And it's not like I'm choosing between Jiu-Jitsu because well, I'm blessed enough to have jujitsu as my career. Yeah. Um, it's like right now I'm improving as a coach. I'm improving as a human being, um, uh, improving as a disciple. I'm, I'm trying to provide myself with a future. And I think you're totally right. Like me in my head, sorry, me in my head, I really want to compete every single weekend. Like that'd be sick, dude. Can you imagine that? But just get to compete all the time. It'd be awesome. I'd yeah. probably live like every Saturday. I would just eat a box of pizza. It'd be awesome. <laughs> but um, I I agree, and I want to do that, and I want to compete all the time. I, I my goal with my first year at Black Belt was to get uh, at least. 60 fights. That was like my goal. I, wa- I was like I want to get like 60 fights in my first year at Blackbelt and just really push it. And then in like the first like 4 months or 5 months at Blackbelt, I had like 30. So I was like I can do this like the rest of the year if I just knock out some tournaments and then boom, COVID. So I'm sitting at like 25 wins, 8 losses. Uh but
1: which is awesome by the way. That's
0: a big It's okay. It's okay. I want to I want to definitely have like 500 wins. I want to have like I want to no, know I'm pff, That's ridiculous. I want to have at least in my adult career, I want to have like 500 fights at adult. I want to have that. That'd be cool.
1: So here's a question that I was actually thinking about when, when we were talking about Cyborg. So he – I was talking with uh, Marcio about him yesterday actually. like He obviously had really good results when he was younger. He mm-hmm. was a good competitor. People knew who he was. But I think the better part of his career in terms of his results has been at a, at a later age – crazy fans say it jets it's really crazy i don't know if he's 40 yet but he's either 39 or 40. Mm-hmm. and he's like he beats uh, roberto who's almost 20 years younger than him he beat philippe andrew submitted him he's a super young guy too yeah so like do you feel like when you're thinking about your adult career do you think about it past your 20s do you think about it like into your mid-30s like
0: like cyborg I, does i don't think about i i don't like to think about things that much in advance. I, I can't like if I do, I'll obsess over it. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, I, what I try to do is I try to, uh, set up things that are viable to set up in the future. I can't like, I can do everything I can right now to make sure that I can be healthy for as long as possible, but I can't guarantee that I won't have you know, two bum knees by the time I'm 40 or, or by the time I'm 30, I can't guarantee that I'll be injury free right now. I've been relatively injury free. Um, meaning like some minor stuff, like I had a minor torn LCL and stuff like that, but I can't guarantee any of that. And neither can Roberto cyborg. Like that guy has to have heart surgery. He says, you know what I mean? He's still competing and he's like out here winning. And I think there's something to be said for maybe he, in regards to his health has to make a better game plan. I mean, he fights really active, but there's a, there's a plan to it. There's a, there's a strategy towards approaching people's games. And it's not like he's just a a 20 year old kid trapped in a 40 year old man's body. He's like, you know, he's, he's matured and he's grown. And I believe that that is in direct correlation with his success for me. I think, uh, ideally, and I, and I say this, I would like to compete in adult until I masters two. Because then, mm-hmm. like, I can be able to gauge, like, hey, man, I'm 38, but I still feel great. Like, let's compete adult. Or I can be like, all right, like, let's take a little breather here. You know, I do not feel that great. Like, let's yeah. stop. And, like, I don't know if I'm going to have a family or if, I, like, I, I believe I will. But what if I what if I have a family when I'm, like, 28? I can't say what God's plan is for me. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm going to do later today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, ju- I try not to focus on things that are not foolish but unnecessary to focus on. I can focus on like like what we're talking about, my financial future. I can set up for that right now. I can work on that, save money, put money away, and like, hey, whenever I need that, I'll need it. Um, but I can't worry about that. That's why I try to take things day by day, especially my competitive career. You know what yeah. I mean? I was I and I got very like I told you, I got very depressed and upset when it felt like my dream was over because COVID hit. And then I realized I was like, yeah, but why worry like everything could change like the whole everything could change for the better tomorrow. We don't know just because it's changing for the worse slowly doesn't mean it can't change for the better. And that's something I try to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that you kind of touched on that Marcia was was talking about yesterday is like Cyborg's results right now come from all the work that he's put in since he was a young man like yeah. He, since he got his black belt and probably well before that, he's been working and building up towards this point. So, like, he hasn't been one of those people who's taken a lot of breaks or, like, just focused on one tournament. Like, he's been very consistent over the years, and, like, he's definitely getting better and building upon everything that he laid the foundation for when he started jiu-jitsu.
0: Yeah. And he's a pretty cool. human being, too, man. I yeah. met him at Jits King. He's very nice. He didn't super me, nice, but he recognized yeah. – like, I'm a – I'm recognizable you know what i mean i'm like that guy Mm -hmm. right now to these to the legends i'm like i know this kid you know what i mean like that kind of thing but he uh i'm like oh yeah this american kid like i know him (laughs) but uh he was very kind i was like man it's such you're such an inspiration because he is um and he was just like super his hand is gigantic he is just a big ass person He's not um, tall. He's just super wide. Man, I saw him grappling at Kasai. He was grappling versus Lucas Barbosa, and Barbosa's a big guy, and he d- made Barbosa look like a, like a teenager. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that was a size difference. I was like, dude, that's probably why this guy's so heavy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I went to his gym one time, um, after an IBJJF tournament in Florida, and he was he treated me like he knew me, like when he was talking to me. He was like it was almost like I was like an old friend or something. It was pretty crazy. That's he was really super cool. nice. Yeah, he was awesome. and it, he didn't teach class that day. He was like filming for um, his website. but yeah, the the environment in his academy is, is
0: pretty cool. you know, I fought a guy. I don't, I don't even know I don't really know who it is, a João, but I forget who what what the last name is. João Santos, maybe. I fought him in Nogi Worlds. And that's when I first was introduced to the Fight sports Miami uh, choke uh, attack. Uh, the the closed guard hand secure over your neck, not necessarily squeezing. If uh, the larynx know. squeeze, I think. But they're not they're not squeezing it. They're more just kind of like uh, letting you know they could. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know. He 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 was just like on my neck, and I was like, this is kind of this almost feels illegal. Like it almost feels illegal, but it's not. And I don't think they're doing it. They're they might just be doing it to get you to focus on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah probably. Like that might just be a thing, cause it's, there's no benefit to doing feel it in closed guard. Yeah, maybe they're like, this is the control I have over you <laughs> right now. But uh, I remember like asking him, I was like, is that legal? And he was like, we don't we don't choke you. He's like <laughs> he's like we just put it there. I'm like, all right, well it got it definitely distracted me. Um, and that's I think it's funny, cause you know like everybody does that. Cyborg does it. All of his all the fight sports Miami guys do it, and it's that's it's uh, it is an interesting technique. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Cyborg Man. It's, it's such a cool thing. Congratulations to Roberto for Third Coast uh, 3 and congratulations to Third Coast for putting on crazy cool events. Um, I do think that there's got to be something fixed about their stream, though, because it's not Flo's fault. It's whoever like Flo is just a provider like they have to work on their streaming equipment, right? Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people were complaining about it. I didn't have too much trouble with it i don't i think the audio is really low on it like i'm trying to i'm always like turning the audio up i have to well, put headphones good. in and yeah 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 I, I mean it, it cuts out a little bit it's not it's not terrible i've I've seen worse streams but mm-hmm. yeah i think they do need to to work on it a little bit there just
0: got to be a little bit of maintenance issues i'm not complaining too hard they're yeah. still bringing amazing fights uh, but like i will say you don't see fight twin ever glitching out like fight twin yeah never not glitches. like that yeah uh who's number one never glitches it's like third coast will be like frozen and you're like wow i love this half guard that they're second <laughs> um <clears throat> but speaking about fight to win there have been two uh fight twins that we are going to now go over fight to win 146 and 147 yeah, Now there's they, one match
1: i wanted to uh, ask you about um just kind of jump into it was uh luisa montero and elizabeth clay did you yeah, see that one
0: i did not i uh i did however I kind of felt that Elizabeth Clay was going to win. And I know that Luisa Montero is amazing. I know that she is a fantastic competitor. But here's the thing. I think that in no gi, the weight advantage is a bigger deal. Would you say that? Would you say that in no gi, a weight advantage would be a bigger deal than um, in, in the gi?
1: To be honest, I always felt the other way, just because of the gi grips. I felt like if uh, a, a bigger, stronger person gets a gi grip on you and it's hard to break, they can kind of dominate the gripping exchanges. But I'm interested to hear why you think that.
0: Well, let's uh, let's look at this. Like, what kind of control do you need in the gi versus no gi? Right, you can use the gi with like spider hooks, with a dela with a good um, delhi, but grips on the pants, lasso, lapel guard. Those are all viable tools for preventing a big guy to get off you. Right. Philippe yeah. Andrew for it. Let's look at the fight with Philippe Andrew that I had. I, I used collar and sleeve. You know what I mean? Like the whole fight that is like, I'm not going to get stacked unless I mess up and he's not going to push my feet to the ground. So those are two things that he can do to apply weight to me. <clears throat> and then, uh, let's look at a fight like, I don't know, uh, cyborg, right. Fighting Roberto cyborg is much heavier, much stronger than Roberto. Right. Yeah. Maybe not much stronger than Roberto. Cause Roberto's pretty strong. But much heavier, you know, a bigger force. Yeah. And he's able to put weight, put weight, put weight. And I just think that, you know, 10 pounds isn't a lot. But if it's 10 pounds in the right way, then it's different. 10 pounds of muscle is much, much different than, like, if I'm if I'm fighting a, someone that might be my strength but 20 pounds heavier, right, just due to a different kind of body physique. I don't want to uh, – get too far into it because that's kind of a, a weird example, but I think that 10 pounds can be a bigger deal in no gi just based on the control that you have. So
1: yeah. So what you're saying is basically you have more tools in the gi to keep someone's weight off you that aren't available in no gi. So you can, if someone knows how to apply their weight correctly on top in the gi or in no gi, excuse me, um, you're going to feel that more and you won't have as many options to keep them off you.
0: Yeah. You have a lot more ways. You have a a lot more ways to make the weight matter less. That makes sense. i think i think i think a lot because let's think about lasso lasso is really hard to to pass sometimes you know what i mean yeah and if we do the ronaldo thing where you throw lasso and lapel at the same time like i'm not gonna pass yeah but you can't you can't do
2: anything to me but i can't do anything to you either
1: right do you do you feel that um the weight discrepancy is more important based on individual styles like let's say there's a style matchup where um, I don't know, someone has, like, a really good lasso, for example, in the gi, and then the person on top is really good at passing in a certain way with the gi. Like, do, do you kind of get what I'm getting at? Like, the weight difference matters more depending on the individual competitor's styles.
0: Yes. Well, that that's a lot of permutations we can go over, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that, um, let's say, the person on top likes to pass around more, and the person on bottom likes to throw lasso and lapel, right, in the gi and the person on bottom is heavier, the person on top might have a better chance of passing because lasso is just a little, uh, passing lasso caters itself towards like, okay, I'm circling on my lasso grip. And then all of a sudden I break it and now it's time to go. Now it's time to pass. Like, let's go. If the person on top is heavy and their game is like super pressure and the person on bottom is lighter, they're going to need those tools a little bit more than the person who is counteracting that. You know what I mean?
1: yeah that makes sense and i think that that kind of brings me to another question um how do you feel like the size difference played into louisa versus elizabeth
0: clay well <clears throat> i think louis okay i didn't see the full match right but the, here was my prediction and I, I said that before i didn't i didn't uh see the match i do want you to talk about the match mm-hmm. but just giving let's let's do a little game here i predict that Elizabeth Clay put a little bit of pressure, and I know she won by heel hook, right? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you: Did she get it from on bottom or on top? Did she on set bottom. it up? Okay, she set it up from on bottom. Uh, here, tell me about the fight. Tell me about the fight before you.
1: So I, I was I was watching uh, some of their interviews before the fight because this one was like really interesting to me because Louise has been a black belt for ten years. She's been a black belt for longer than Elizabeth's been wow. training, which is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. So Elizabeth was kind of talking to, uh, I think it was Michael Sears before the match, or one of the Uh, flow grappling guys, uh, (laughs) just saying how her strategy, she felt like she was going to get a heel hook. She felt like her preferred rule set is no time limit, uh, or submission only, and maybe not submission only, but like fight to win rules, no gi. Like she likes (laughs) submission only style rule set, no gi. That's her preferred rule set. And Louise is obviously like an IBJJF person. So... Basically, going into it, we kind of knew that Elizabeth was going to pull guard and just try to heel hook Louisa. And Louise, so she pulls guard right away. Louisa uh, had Kusavo with her, coaching her, and she looked like she was trying to do like some of his style of passing. Like she was really uh, stepping really deep into Elizabeth's guard. Like she almost got a few knee cuts. Just looked like Elizabeth had a, a really good understanding of like how to defend and how to push her away. And then eventually she just got under her hips, got in on the leg, and just put a heel hook on that Louisa couldn't get out of and she tapped so I just feel like it was kind of like uh, Louisa wasn't like she was engaging she wasn't fighting she wasn't fighting a heel hook specialist the way a lot of people do where they just try to like disengage and keep their legs away like she drove her legs right through the middle of Elizabeth's guard so she was like playing that game so it was was pretty interesting Um, but yeah I was pretty surprised with how it ended I thought Louisa was gonna be able to pass and use her experience to win
2: No,
0: I, am uh, uh, so I'm watching the fight as you're, as you're talking right now. And so here we see, uh, kind of a different thing, right? Like I think that being the, being the heavier person, right? The conventional wisdom is to put your pressure on top and to, and to do everything I said before. Right. Yeah. And I used some wacky examples there, but this is the beauty of jujitsu, right? Elizabeth clay, bigger competitor uh so the fight was at 155.
1: Advantage. 155 would you I say said, so w- louise is about 145 you would say she's got to be about 145 She fights yeah. lightweight, she's giving I up believe. weight
0: if she's giving up 10 yeah. pounds and that's the weight bracket i would say that um then that's the weight <clears throat> but okay. uh elizabeth gives herself kind of a buffer by by pulling guard if she's confident in her guard then you also can play into like the idea that okay, I'm strong enough to prevent guard passes. That's another thing too that you can look at. I think in Nogi, uh, especially with with heel hook rule set though, I mean she wa- you're right. She was totally just coming forward and and just being aggressive.
1: Yeah, like and, engaging. She wasn't trying to avoid anything. She was trying to put her game on Elizabeth. It seemed
0: mm, like, and it was kind of a kind of an awkward step in. Like she kind of. It almost looked like she stepped in to under the leg. She stepped into like not deep enough into Elizabeth's garden. It seemed she like was? she was well. What I saw, what I see here. You know what? Why don't we let we do this. Let's do a little. Let's do a little share screen action since it's just us. It's just us, Danny O'Donnell. Yes. So uh, let's see if it shares. Is it going to share? Yes, I, I can see it. All right. So look, it's a little, it's a little kind of a very awkward oh yeah they they that's another thing about fight to win that is kind of awkward is they reset you in the submission which is rough.
1: yeah that that was another thing that i should have mentioned about but look at this
0: this is a this is a very awkward step in with the with the right i don't really uh, she stepped in and kind of gave this this heel hook it, it just looked like she kind of stepped in and and now she's under the leg now she kind of I would think that conventional wisdom would say you can still be – not conventional. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. I threw that word around loosely. I mean if I were fighting someone who is amazing at heel hooks, right? And I don't even know if Elizabeth Clay is super amazing at heel hooks, but I know she's that – She's got really good heel hooks. I mean, she got really good heel hooks. I mean she's yeah. – I now know that because she submitted Luisa Montero with a heel hook. But yeah, if I'm going to fight someone who I know, okay, please don't heel hook me. I'm not going to go in with my legs. I'm going to try to be aggressive with my hips back. I'd rather, you know, fight off something like a triangle or a normal plata than a heel hook if it's their specialty. So yeah. it just seemed like kind of a like I don't know maybe a moment of uh, misplaced creativity by by Montero in that in that position because <clears throat> even then like her her foot is elevated at this point I would think push the feet down and throw this leg back here that might be a better idea uh but she kind of tried to peel the legs off it seemed like she was already behind like man i would try to like she's in a prime position her legs are are reaped but they're not in a good position to submit it seems like this was just a little bit of like a 50-50 like, not, not enough initiative to maybe not enough initiative that's a bad word um like you need to go like you need to push these feet down and step over and try to pass from this position that's what i would do oh, that's what i would do from here because now she looks, she falls, and there's a lot of torque on the on the heel at this point. And now she just has to roll, and it's already hurting. You can see it on her face; it's already hurting. I just think that it's um, in that position, I wouldn't have stepped in.
1: Yeah, the, it was I, when you said that it just because it that. was kind of the opposite of what she was doing the rest of the match. She was yeah. stepping in between her legs, mm-hmm. and in that transition, she stepped to the outside and gave Elizabeth that inside foot position that yep. she needed to to really. Uh, get the the leg entanglement and the heel hook set up so that's pretty right. interesting
2: but hey good awareness by elizabeth clay to be like oh, yeah thank she
1: you. jumped yeah. right into it yeah jumped
0: right on it and uh yeah that's and that's a huge huge win for her she's amazing she's gonna be i don't know if she wants to be Nogi world champ does she she
1: she won double gold at brown belt Nogi worlds this year no, she's gonna she's gonna be is she so. black belt no, no she's still brown
0: <laughs> why
1: I don't know. I think she's a pretty new brown belt, actually. Oh, okay. she's oh she's young, so I don't know if she oh, okay. maybe she just doesn't recently... meet the
0: age requirement for. Yeah,
1: well, she's a teenager. I know that she's not twenty oh, okay. yet. So okay,
0: well, congratulations, a, to Elizabeth yeah, Clay, on being a
1: teenager and beating a veteran. <laughs> yeah, like an amazing one of the best veterans, like in the female division in
0: jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That was Somebody's awesome. Just teenagers are coming up and freaking ruining the adult's reign you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like i'm an adult now so i i can i'm just gonna complain for all the older dudes too like man (laughs) why did kind of beat leandro (laughs) you're a young adult barely yeah for sure (laughs) dang right but uh so that okay so that was fight two in 147 seven yeah uh 146 danny okay here's a here's a thing though i'm gonna make you do this in a i just wanna i just wanna bother you and put you on the spot uh i want you to read off the results of fight Forty Six in a british accent go you a uh first of all i
1: don't have the results in front of me so i can't let me think Never hang Yeah, yeah, don't put me on the spot don't do that i'm terrible don't do british that British
2: <laughs> come on danny
1: edwin knowledge me but i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> edwin
0: knowledge me that's like such an american like that's such an american doing a british FIFA? accent
1: and uh, they had the British announcers, so we would always like try to mimic them.
0: Like
2: Edwin
1: Najme, down I the know. flank.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I remember, uh, you know Michael Chevello. Oh yeah. Oh my God, I, I, I love that man announcer so
2: much. Good yeah, they night, might.
0: Irene. Yeah, does he? Uh, does he still commentate?
1: I don't know. I know, honestly, I know he had a lot of like severe mental health issues, so yeah. he was he he spoke about those pretty openly. So yeah. I think his career kind of had like kind of a lot of ups and downs where he was really into the scene. And then he kind of took, took a few steps away. Um, but he was awesome. I used to love watching the interviews. Uh, he had like a series, I forget what they were called, but he would do one-on-one interviews with like some legends in MMA. It was awesome.
0: Wait, a m- wait a minute. Wait a second. I gotta, I gotta look at, a uh... Michael Chappelle. Oh, sorry. No, 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 Never mind. Sorry. I, I, I had a moment of, uh, my brain farted um no but michael schiavello anyway uh michael schiavello i like how he, he would always have like a punchline. like he'd be like yeah. he's got more punch than a high school pram or like yeah, uh, yeah. he's taking more leather to the face than a patron at the blue oyster bar it's like <laughs> man it's such, yeah. why are you saying obscure references you know, yeah it was more, awesome he's got more kick than a handgun or something like that <laughs> yeah. like it's, it it was it's so much and it was Super in the moment of someone like getting like knocked out that oh, he's coming he had up those with punchlines.
1: Yeah, had them planned.
0: well no, for Come sure, on. he's not coming up with them on the fly, but he's saying them. And like, I feel like it's kind of. Some people might think, of, you know, in today's society, it might be like it's kind of tasteless. Like this guy's getting punched in the mouth. You're talking about like the blue <laughs> oyster bar. <laughs> like it's cool. It's part of his character, along with his like, "Good night, Irene. Yeah,
2: it's all over." <laughs>
0: what country was he from? I want to know. But anyway, uh, fight to win one forty six. Uh, some standout. Lauren Sears. Wonder if she's related to Michael Sears. Uh, yeah, Edwin Najmi defeats Osvaldo Kashio Moisinho. Did, did you see that match? Uh, I, uh, he choked him, right? Najmi. Yes, he got a rear naked choke. Najmi uh, naked choke. It was kind of yeah. like across
1: the uh, across the job. It was pretty interesting because, um, Cachino pulled guard. Edwin was like putting together some some nice passing sequences. Almost got to his back. Um, and then s- some people were were a little upset with the resets, but it was it was one of those ones where it was really hard to tell on video because in the second reset that led to the finish for Edwin, Edwin went to take his back and it looked like Cachino cleared one of the hooks. And you know how sometimes when someone clears the hook, you can kind of reset the position and put the hook back in. It looked like that space wasn't available for Edwin because they would have gone off the mat. So it was kind of hard to tell if Cachino was going to escape or if Edwin was going to reset the back and, uh, and put his other hook back in and, he had, like, a rear naked choke basically on at that point, and they just gave it back to him. So I know Cachino wasn't too happy with the <clears> reset, <throat> and Edwin was saying, like, no, I had the rear naked choke. Like, I would have I would have tapped him if we wouldn't have been stopped. Mm. So it was, was kind of hard to tell. Edwin looked really good. Um,
0: he has been looking very good in this rule. Yeah, so.
1: and Cachino has just been taking on everyone. I have, like, so much respect for him. Like, he stepped up and fought Gary Tonin, which is a really tough match, and then he took Edwin right after that. So um, That's true. Yeah, he's props to Cashino for always like putting it on the line like that. But
0: and he hit Happy Feet versus AJ Agazarm. You see that? Yeah, he hit Happy Feet three. Starring, <laughs> it was Valdo Moiseum. That was so funny. I literally busted up laughing like live. I was watching it on my phone at my buddy's house, and I'm like, oh my god, did he just, did he just do an Irish jig and then flying triangle? Into a J. flying Agassar? triangle, yeah. Into a flying awesome. triangle. So funny.
2: And so then, he fought uh,
0: He fought amazing versus AJ. That was a great oh, dude. fight for Cashino
2: and AJ's like I feel
0: like A j he's a lot better than a than a casual not knowing a lot fan would give him credit for I mean he got second at ADCC. you know what and I mean? he, like, he won nogi worlds at Black And Ball. he won nogi worlds at Black so, like Ball. people like, talk a lot of shit about him but he, he has yeah I mean it's, he brings it, really it on good. himself it's like Dylan he's the guy the Dylan yeah. danis bug you know what I mean him yeah. uh Dylan Danis, they they just they're just you know they have mcgregorisms that yeah. is dumb but and But that's that all attention. Look at us talking about him. You know, all attention is good attention. Yeah. But um, uh, other than that, we got uh, Andrew Wiltsey defeating John Combs via split decision. No, no, yeah, no, decision. Um, you have, like, and, a perfect
1: and, British accent.
2: Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> um,
0: and, yeah, that's pretty much the whole event. So... <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah. What do you think of Andrew and John? Because that was I one we think,
1: really were looking forward to since they were both guests on the show, and we really liked both of
0: them. And I knew Andrew was going to win. Yeah. Because Andrew's crazy. <laughs> like, John is crazy, but John is, like, a nice kind of crazy. I'm just yeah. kidding. No. Uh, so, so here's my point. I think that th- it's a perfect matchup, right, for, like, beautiful matchup because they're both great wrestlers. They're both hard workers, and they're both very active but Andrew is more submission active than John Combs is. John Combs is very dangerous guillotining people. <clears throat> and he has other submissions too. But I think that in in against very, very high level people, they know about his guillotine. So they will put him in positions and they will work their game around his guillotine. You know what I mean? It's what I should have yeah. done. Um, well, what I tried to do on effect uh, without – much effect. But I think Andrew, and Andrew's not only a good game planner because you know he he has beaten crazy good people um already. But I just think that I I just I saw it in my head. I was like, I think Andrew's gonna win. I didn't think Andrew was gonna submit him or anything like that. And I see now that he didn't. Um but John Combs I just didn't think was gonna have the ability to guillotine Andrew Wolsey. Yeah, I, I think Andrew
1: see. played a really good strategy in the beginning. He pulled guard and he was like in like a supine type position with like his back on the mat. Like he wasn't sitting up. And I feel like when people kind of sit up and, and try to but get I, in on Combs' his legs, like that's when he catches the front headlock and the guillotine. Like that's his A game and his bread and butter. So I think Andrew – I was really impressed with Andrew's guard. Like he did really good – really good guard retention. You could tell that he was like just – Picking his moment to sweep, yeah. And then once he did, he was able to pass with his his patented knee cut that he's so good at buzz saw the buzz saw knee cut. And then he uh, mounted combs too. So I was really impressed with how Andrew played strategically. And I think he's been the buzz saw, you know, at the lower belts. But I think once he starts facing like the really high level black belts that he's going to be facing soon, I think having that strategic um, knowledge and being able to game plan like that is really going to be a, a really good thing for him
0: think so too and i think that it's a it's a if anybody says andrew Wiltsy only passes it's like a misconception or oh if they yeah say that, his you know, guard john combs doesn't have a mis- guard it's a misconception like these two yeah. are very complete grapplers yeah and um I, yeah man i think andrew well, and andrew is like a special kind of hungry competitor obviously his living conditions and and you know how he uh
1: they've improved though he has a shed now
0: how he well pfft. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's great if i lived in a shed <laughs> Compared to the mat, I might be happy too, but it's also uh, it's he built the shed himself. I don't even think he insulated it. You know what I mean? Like he's not even insula- it's not even insulated. Um, but that's beside the point. The point is they're both very uh, complete grapplers, and Andrew. Yeah, I mean, even seeing the legs up and the back on the mat, I was, and I and I uh I thought to my head. I thought in my head I was like, man, that sucks. Like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I? Uh, like, I'm confident in my guard. But why did I lean forward and give John Combs a guillotine? I didn't even I even remember I went for a guillotine on John Combs. Like how? Like what did you're, I think I was gonna catch him? Your
1: guard is good when you're on your back like that too, flat. I've seen you do. Really and I don't good know why I didn't
0: do it. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm telling you, dude. One day I'm gonna return to Nogi. One day I will take the gi off again. But I need a, I need to, I need to just have a moment with my love. My my. Uh, I need to have some years. Nah, I don't know about you. Some tournaments, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, if Somebody, sure. But you know what's sad is, like, I'm such a whore for jujitsu jitsu that I would definitely... If somebody called me and was like, we go to a Nogi fight I'd be like, Andre. <laughs> yeah.
1: Please. Like, I really and, want to.
0: <laughs> and you go, why? And I'd be like, ah oh, I don't know. I just want to. Like, you gotta resist her. Resist <laughs> that vile temptress. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that's that fight was,
1: to win. That was a great match, yeah. Now, I think
0: that was pretty much... All the that messages
1: was, that I wrote down that I wanted to cover. Yeah. Did you have any any other ones?
0: I have BGJ Stars, which is up next. Let me finish yeah. my bottle of whoop-ass.
1: While you're finishing your bottle of whoop-ass, I wanted to talk just briefly about the Spider Korea event. Yes. They had yes, yes. A, a road to black belt, I believe it was called, and it was mm-hmm. under 65 kilograms. So the winner of that was Diego Sodre, which was really yes. cool to see because he, he came, I was telling you before uh, we started recording, he came to my gym, to Marcel Andres Academy to train for like a month. Um, I think it was back in like September, 2019, something like that. And the yeah. kid is like a stud. He was beating the crap out of all of us. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, so to see him win was, was really cool. Cause I know he sacrificed a lot for the tournament. Just, I think he actually had to quarantine for two weeks once he got to Korea. Like he wasn't yeah. able to train. He was just, you know, uh, trying to make the weight and just like exercise in his room, which is, I mean, that would drive me insane. So yeah.
0: Well, it's probably pretty cool to be in Korea and just have a okay, cool. I'm here. Let me settle. His sleep schedule probably adjusted really well. Yeah. Like, probably made it. Probably made a. Uh, there were some positive takeaways. Yeah, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure he made the best of it, and <clears throat> I'm sure like that experience, like traveling like that and competing in such a high like profile tournament was awesome. So oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Just I wanted I to congratulate. I didn't know him. it was
0: happening. I didn't even know it was happening until I saw it, and I I, I remember uh, it was live, and I was like. It's a spider tournament. Like you know, we've talked about it on the before uh, the show before. We are huge fans of Spider Korea, and uh, I, I will I will kill somebody. Okay. No, I won't. Uh, but uh, I would do, I would do a lot to get on a spider show. Yeah, nothing, I'm, nothing nefarious. I'm such a
1: huge fan too. Yeah, nothing nefarious, of course. But it's such a. I just love how they're like a huge company that's like doing really big things outside of jujitsu so they can devote some of their resources. What seems like a lot to us, like a hundred thousand dollar payday is really like literally just pennies to them. So it's, I just love, yeah, they're massive in the ski and snowboarding world. And, and I'm I think they do other, other, uh, they're involved in like other sports and other avenues too. But it's just cool to see a company that big get into jujitsu and really like push it forward and, you know, provide these paydays for people and these opportunities
0: of course yeah and uh Diego Diego Sodre being the younger brother of Alex Sodre um,
1: Nogi world champion Nogi world Alex
0: champion Sodre, yeah and man and like not not in his brother's shadow at all he is not going to it at all he's yep. a he's a his own special amazing competitor in his own right and yeah congratulations to to Diego Sodre that's really really huge victory and now he gets to be on the other spider card he gets to go back to Korea now
1: Fight some black belts. It's it pretty cool. He did an interview with him before the tournament. He said he wanted to fight Musumeki. So, ooh,
2: I want to see that happen. I want to yeah. see it. Now I'm now I'm excited.
0: But uh, the uh, the BJJ stars show. Let's move yes. on. Just a little bit Let's further. do that. Let's let me let me give you a, a rundown of this card. <clears> I just pulled it up. Are they?
2: <laughs> hey, is I had it, 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 it loaded. I was
0: waiting. Hobinho oh. um, <laughs> versus Marcos Pecho. Charles Duende versus Gustavo Gimu. Anna Rodriguez versus Bia Basilio. Sick fight. So Leo Lechi versus Gabriel Gonzaga.
1: <laughs> Leo Lechi.
0: Leo Lechi. Mercedes, <clears throat> the IBGF guy. <laughs> Juan Gabriel. Canedoachi. Ma- I can't. Miram McQueen? Ma- <laughs> Ma- Miram Ma- is
1: what people know him by. Miram Alves.
0: Clever Clandestino. Gabriel Holo, Charles DuBronx, DuBronx,
1: Charles DuBronx. Oh, Charles Oliveira,
0: yep. That's nice. Oh, he's a veteran dude. Yeah, he's a Uh, monster. Leandro Lo Nascimento, Lucas Barbosa, (laughs) Renata Marinho, uh, Sabata Laiz, I think is how you say it. Sergio Moraes, Luis Marquez. Claudio Calasanz versus Zaki Bayance, another sick fight. And yes, Patrick Gaudio versus Herbert Santos. I, man, every time Herbert fights, like I'm actually an Herbert Santos fan. I, uh, in the sense that like I want him to get his act turned around because he's so exciting. And like, dude, yeah. he really is. Like You don't just become IBJJF world champion, right? And there's people who are like, you suck. It's like, no, he does not. He beat Bernardo Faria. And he didn't really have a lot of issues in the match. Like... It really was like he's a special competitor. I think he just needs to get his mental issues worked out.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're not sure about how good he is as a grappler, you can go to his BJ Heroes page and look at the guys he's beaten. It's like literally almost all the top guys like in that weight class. He has a win over. It's pretty crazy to to see. And it is really sad that he's had all those those mental issues because his career kind of I don't want to say it like took a nosedive or anything. He still, you know, he still wins matches. But yeah, with the fans, it did. The trage- yeah, the trajectory of his career kind of changed paths a little bit once he started dealing with all that, and it was pretty sad to see. So I, I, I root for him too. I hope he turns it around and, you know, finds purpose or finds meaning in something and is able to just focus on his career.
0: Yeah, he's only three years older than me. You know what I mean? So like, really? Hey, he's born in nineteen ninety four, February. Oh, wow. So yeah, three years older than me. Like he's not that old. He's twenty five. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, like he, I see him training, uh, with Leongelo. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Workout stuff. It's like, and Leandro has never really seemed like the kind of guy who has any sort of, like he might be a pretty positive person to be around and I don't know if they're friends, but I know they they fought, right? I don't know. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Fought. They have fought the finals yeah. of, uh, Brazilian nationals when, when Leongelo was about to do the grand slam, the double grand slam. And then he lost to Metagali Um, but, yeah, man, I'm looking at the speech PGG Heroes page, and holy crap, this guy has fought a lot.
1: <clears throat> do you want to do, like, some uh, predictions for, like, maybe the top five yes, fights, I, I think? Okay, so
0: how about this? I don't know uh, a lot of the guys. The fight. We'll both give our prediction. Go.
1: Okay, let's start at the top, then. Joao, Gabriel, Hocha, and Duarte.
0: And, like, a little background for why you think the person is going to win that you choose. Okay, so you're you're giving me – you're making me, what, cite my sources? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so I think Joao Gabriel – is a very uh, I don't even you know what's funny is I really don't even know his game plan. I've seen him do so much jujitsu. It's like he's very he's a very colorful grappler. He's got a lot of jiu- great jujitsu. He beat Jonatas Gracie, and Jonatas is a, an incredibly tactical and and uh, sound competitor. More so in my opinion than Kainan in some areas. Just my my opinion. I, I my heart says Joao. My mind says Kynan. I think Kynan is just, he's very hard to do anything to. Yeah. But Kynan has kind of been out of action for a while. Um, I mean, after his suspension, he, coronavirus kind of said, we got you, fam. And said, man, you don't have to serve that sentence. What? Like, you don't have to not compete. Uh, no one else is going to compete either. How about that? <laughs> so coronavirus was definitely on Kynan's side. But uh, I i want to say that João is the bigger and more experienced competitor yeah but it could, that's a toss-up dude like i can't really call it
1: yeah i'll pick kynan i love i'm kind of with you like <laughs> my heart says joao and my head says kynan i just feel like kynan has like a very specific game that he's like super good at implementing on like all the high level guys that he fights he's really good at getting under to that single leg sweep um yes. he has like different variations of it too that w- one of them he hit on Hidolfo that was really cool at spider um I just feel like his game is just so like it's so solid. It's hard to Yeah. It's hard to break it down. And yeah, I just see him like I feel like he's a little bit more athletic than Joao. Like being able to use some of that strength and athleticism to his advantage moves a little bit more than Joao too. He's obviously lighter, but I I know he has been out of action, but it does seem like he's still putting in the work, still yeah. like doing his strength and conditioning and training and all that. So I'm gonna pick Hindan. I uh
0: I don't think that there's anything like especially weird or special about like Kynan's game. And I don't Mm -hmm. want that to sound like I'm like, I think he uh, is boring. He's very exciting to watch because it's like, it's just so good. But what I mean by that is he's very fundamental. Like everything is, is something that you can learn at blue or purple belt that he just does exceptionally well. He's very patient. Um, He's very smart. Like he's, he's got a very high, high fight IQ. In my opinion, I remember Dan Lucart. Shout out to Dan Lucard from jujitsu.net. He uh, he made a uh, you just made me want to crack my neck, too. He yeah, uh, sorry. <clears throat> he told me that he taught a technique the day before a tournament and kind of went and did it in the tournament because he wanted to test and see if it was good. So Crazy. that's nuts. And that was purple ball Kynan winning a tournament with a technique he learned the day before. So it's that kind of thing is um special and i think yeah. that i i want to say that the safe bet is kind but i do see where joel gabriel can quote unquote shock people mm-hmm. and i don't even think it's really a shock i think that this is like a battle yeah oh, he's incredible he's you know what i mean yeah. so i wouldn't even say that Kainen's a favorite i would just say that you know to, to, to people who are knowledgeable about the sport they can see that Kynan is going to be hard to beat but they can also see where joel gabriel is the guy to do it and yeah. it should be noted by the way that this fight was originally going to be Felipe Pena versus Juan Gabriel. So
1: yeah, I think Felipe uh, broke his foot or broke his toe or something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, and it's like disgusting. It looks like a bunion. So Yeah, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad. It looks like a bad bunion. Like Yeah. Like Medea's big happy family level of bunion. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that movie. That's probably an obscure reference. Anyway, moving on. What's the next fight?
1: Leandro Lo, Lucas Barbosa. I oh, man I, I, yeah, this one, this is another one where my head and my heart are going different directions.
0: I think Langelo is going to take it. Do you? Awesome. I think he's going to take it. Um, I personally think that Hulk is, I mean, he's only getting better, probably. You know what I mean? Like, he's still pretty young, too. I don't know how old he is. Um,
1: I think he's in his late 20s, maybe 27, 28.
0: Okay, so he's probably the same age as Leandro. I think Leandro's nearing 30. You know, what, I could probably look it up, but uh, I just think that Leandro Lowe, man, like he's he's got to be setting up for some kind of comeback. I just feel it, like I don't know what it is, but it, it just seems like he has still got so much jiu jitsu left. That's what I feel, but I could be wrong, you know what I mean. I just like when he signed up for uh, for medium heavy at Worlds, I was like, oh man, there's more to do, like he. He really he really thinks there's more to do. You know what I mean? And the last yeah. time they fought, I believe that uh, Leandro won. So
1: do you know how long ago that was when they last fought?
0: That was Pan Am's 2019. Oh, wow.
1: Was it o- open class or was it in
0: the weight class? It was in their weight. It had to have been in their weight class. They're both medium okay. heavy. or
1: maybe. No, I think they fought heavy. Both of them.
0: Yeah, it might be. Let's look. Let's look. I know he. Oh, he lost to Keenan at uh, the world champion 2014. <laughs> Let's see. Um, he... Where's Lucas Barbosa? Come on. So Leandro Lowe
1: is slightly older than me. Really? He's 32. He's, he's 31. He
2: was born May oh. 11th, 1989. Okay. That's
0: pretty cool. Yeah. No, he lost to Lucas Barbosa in the final by ref's decision. I take that back. Um, that was... Yeah, he had beaten... Hudson Mateos by referee decision. He beat Devontae Johnson two to zero. he beat uh, Gustavo Batista two to zero. And he's really not the kind of guy that will like like destroy you, I don't feel like. Lucas? Yeah. I don't feel like he'll no, no, no. Uh, Leandro. I don't feel oh, like Le- he's the okay. kind of guy that will usually like he doesn't have a whole plethora of submission wins.
1: Yeah, I think he's someone who
0: kind of puts the pace on you and dominates you positionally when he wins. Yeah, you I mean he has – okay, out of 253 wins, he has 52 submissions. That means that 201 of his fights have been won by points. Does not submit a lot of people. And a lot of his – and a lot of his submissions, like a, a grand majority of his submissions are chokes. So – It's usually had like a choke from the back. Like, okay, 14 cross choke, seven choke from back, six bow and arrow, three mounted X choke, one choke, one lapel choke, and then six bravo chokes. So
1: basically like he's getting to a dominant position, just wearing guys out and then just finishing them off.
0: Yeah, because two, one, that's three, seven. Wow, four toe holds. That's cool. So seven plus 14 wins. Okay, so 14 of his 52 submission wins came by something other than a choke.
1: Yeah, the the one that stands out when you said toehold was the one he hit on Joao Gabriel. I think it was the Pan Am Openweight Final 2018, maybe, or 2017. Um, okay. It was a beautiful toehold. But, yeah, that was the only one I could really, really Oh, yeah, yeah. Of.
0: He beat Joao Gabriel by toehold. Yeah. Toe hold. It was, oh, man, it was brutal. ugly. Yeah, it was, it, it was an ugly one. He, like he bent was maybe in top 50-50 or something like that. He was in top 50, 50 and he pushed on the outside foot. The same thing that Roberto broke my foot off with. Yeah, it's a brutal, awesome, brutal toehold. <laughs> not, not the... Uh, not the vicious toll that I was caught in, but the one that Langellolo did. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, my goodness, and uh, and I just think there's something to be said for you know, Langellolo has been world champion many, many more times than uh, yeah, Lucas Barbosa. I just think that uh, I don't know. I, I think that Langellolo's got it. I think that he's there's not a lot to be said for like the stylistic differences because Lucas is a very powerful, very forward aggressive very strong uh fighter and leongelo is more of like a get to your position and you know play the rules and be patient and don't do too many stupid things in the match kind of thing you know what i mean he wins a lot of fights by a close margin because he's very intelligent uh, on the mat so we'll see i don't know it'll be interesting to see i predict leongelo is going to win just based off of the experience factor but i mean lucas beat him by a decision last time they fought so it could go either yeah. way
1: yeah, I, I really like Leandro Low. I love his style. Like, I love the way he plays guard and the way he passes and how aggressive he is. But I just feel like after watching the last two Lucas fight to win matches, I feel like he's really like hitting his stride. Like, not I mean that's a weird thing to say. He's a black belt world champion. Like, it's not like he's hitting his stride afterwards. But I feel like he's just competing really, really well right now. Um, he submitted Roberto. He submitted Rafael yeah. Lovato Jr. Um, I feel like he's really good at like shutting people's games down and like everyone kind of knows Lowe's game, I would say. Like, he's been competing for a long time, doing a lot of the same techniques. Um, I mean, not everyone can stop him, but I think Lucas kind of has the tools and the physicality to to give Lowe a lot of problems. So I, I, I'm going to pick Lucas, but um, like you said, he could definitely go either way.
0: For a fun fact about Leandro Lowe, his first two matches of Black Belt were losses. One, his first one, his first match at Black Belt was a loss to Gilbert Burns. Oh wow! His
1: That's second awesome. one
0: was a loss to Tanquino. Crazy!
1: I know. I think Durinho, Gilbert Burns beat him a couple times, right?
0: I believe he doesn't have a lot of losses, dude. Like, I mean, he's lost to Orlando Sanchez.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that fight. And then he, Chicago, I, oh, right? I remember
0: he had he had problems fighting um, Durin or uh, Faria. Bernardo, yeah, I remember yeah. Bernardo. Yeah, man, he lost very back. rarely. Like. He did not lose very often. Yeah. Yeah. Faria just kind of had to figure it out, dude. Like I think every time they fought, minus that over he,
1: underpass just like shut down his daily HeVa and he did, dude. You know, it's crazy.
2: Yeah.
0: But anyway, uh, moving on to the next fight that we're Patrick
1: pre- Gaudio versus Erberth Santos.
0: My heart says Erberth, and my mind says Gaudio. And the reason why is because Gaudio is super solid, very strong mental competitor, and I just think that it, it sucks. I don't like saying it, but. I think that uh, you never know what Urberth – I mean recently you've been getting the same Erberth, but I really really want Urberth to come back and like show that he's still an amazing competitor. I want him to atone for you know some of the stuff that he did that upset a lot of people in the community and upset, you know, like, his match with Felipe Pena and, like, the whole thing there was super hard to watch, you know?
1: Yeah, it was super. I mean, like, people were laughing about it. That. And it is it is something – it was kind of funny in the moment, like, people saying, like, oh, your knee supposed to be hurt. And then you get up and sprint at Felipe's team and just start throwing down with them. But it, when you really sit back and think about it, it's pretty sad. Like, he had a really good career, like, beating a lot of top-level guys and yeah. had, had a lot of talent, has a lot of talent. Like you said, he's not old by any stretch, mid-20s, but – I want to see him turn it around too. I really hope he wins, and I just want him to find some peace or you know something that can just kind of set his head straight and let him focus on his career. And because he has, he can do whatever he wants. Like he he's beaten a lot of really good guys. He can eventually open up an academy <laughs> or whatever. But I just want him to be his best.
0: Yeah, me too. I wish I wish him well. I hope he uh, I hope he comes back. Me too. Next one. Yeah, next one.
1: All right, Claudio Calasanz, Isaac
0: Bahienz. Uh Bahienz. Bahienz. I take Bahienz, yeah. I think that, uh, that man, like I haven't grappled Calasanz, but Bayans has such a such a difficult game to fight, and I think Bayan's probably has a better gas tank, just from what I've seen. I mean, it'd be interesting yeah. to see. It could change, but I do think that By-ance, there's something to be said for how much cardio that guy has. It seems like he never gets tired.
1: I have an interesting thought. Let me know if you agree or disagree. But I think if this was no-gi, I would go with Kalasans. He's no-gi openweight world champion – or ADCC openweight world champion. And yeah. uh, in the gi, I would go with Izak.
0: Yeah, I would I would agree. I would totally agree. Because, I mean, dude, like <sighs> – my goodness. I've only seen Kalasans get tired in the gi. I don't think I've seen him get tired in no-gi too much, especially ADCC. really like – that's so much, dude.
1: I think he wrestled internationally for Brazil. I know oh, he's a, wow. a really good judo guy too, but he doesn't really. He seems like he pulls and tries to get to close guard a lot in the gi. Um, You're probably right. And Izak is really good, like with his short, thick legs, like being able to break that open and start his passing sequences. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Izak too. He's he's one of the worlds at, at black belt and in the gi. So I think he just has a little bit better gi credentials than Kalasans.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think in the gi, it's definitely gonna be this. There's no no gi matches on this card, right? It's all gi. I believe so. I believe so. Okay. I think the last BJJ stars was all in the geek. I'm excited so. to see Gonzaga. That's gonna be cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I've uh, not seen him compete since the UFC, so it's it's awesome. I know he's a Blackboard world champ, so
1: yeah. And he had some awesome fights in the UFC. Like everyone remembers the Cro Cop knockout that had that kick. was blew just my just mind. Legendary. I don't even know how
0: old I was. How old folded was I? him? Oh UFC man. UFC.
1: That was seven. one of the first UFCs that like I was really starting to get into. I remember watching.
0: Oh, I remember like. It was insane because I saw
1: – What the, year was that? It must have been like – I'm going to say 2006. Ah,
0: 2007. April 21st, 2007 at the Manchester Evening News Arena. $2 million yeah, yeah, that was... gate. So UFC – because that, that was the, the event that immediately followed um, St. <clears throat> Pierre getting knocked out by Matt Serra.
1: Oh my god. Wait, so was that – because that was what? UFC 69 when he got knocked out by Matt Serra?
0: uh yes crazy hard yeah, remember that. UFC 69 shootout <laughs> yeah because well UFC 65 bad intentions was George St. Pierre versus Matt Hughes 2 George St. Pierre knocked Matt Hughes out with a left head kick I remember that because that's the very first UFC fight I ever saw but um yeah dude and oh my gosh that was a crazy three UFCs in a row that was like three historic
1: UFCs wait let me events. try it so it was St. Pierre was 69 that was 70 71 i want to say it was anderson silva
0: no ufc 71 was when rampage jackson knocked out chuck liddell oh my god so dude that was literally just and then after that was sam stout versus uh spencer fisher but man fight, so too. many crazy like so many crazy uh matches what was oh ufc 71 Oh no no no! Sorry, <laughs> yeah, UFC 72 was uh, with Forrest Griffin, but it was Rich Franklin versus Yushin Okami. Um, dude, so many crazy UFCs. Why are we talking about this? Oh yeah, um, Gabriel <laughs> Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Dude, I, I, by the way, I love the UFC. Uh, I always have, and I think I always will. But one day, we're open guard cast will be the commentators of a, some major MMA organization. But uh, <laughs> UFC 70 was when Gabriel Gonzaga shocked the world. I remember being, however, however old I am, I was ten. Oh, my gosh. I was 10. I was 10 when that happened. Uh, Blew my 10-year-old mind. I was 27. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> oh, dude, you confused me for a second. Uh, no, if I was 10 and you're 31 and I'm 22, you're nine years older than me. That means you were 19 when that happened. Yep. You were just a baby. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude. That that was crazy. Uh, like, and the way his foot bent back when, when – Oh, dude, his head.
1: knee, man, oh, that was nuts. brutal. And oh, I, I God, love I so It was kind of – kind of hard to watch but
0: i did not even know about him after that fight i looked up his highlights and i was like oh my gosh gabriel gonzaga beat a monster like he beat like a like an assassin yeah so insane but uh really cool that we get to see gonzaga back in action um i'm a huge fan of of like the like the uh the pioneers you know what i mean i wouldn't even Mm -hmm. consider him necessarily a pioneer but he's a legend i mean to To, be be honest i
1: would i would say he's there's like I feel like there's different levels of pioneers. Like obviously you have like the Hoist Gracie, but then you have the people who like once the UFC started to become mainstream, they were the people who put on the exciting fights and push it forward even further. And I feel oh. like Gonzaga's in that class.
0: I would have very much liked for him to win the world title. It's crazy that he fought another. He fought the Roberto Cyborg of the UFC at the time, uh, Randy Couture. Oh yeah. And yeah. I went to Randy Couture's gym that he trained at for every one of his fights and, uh, and Vegas. He, in vegas yeah extreme couture i had a pancreation national championship there and dude man like that gym is gigantic he has some of the he has a ring well he has he has two rings that he that he trains fighters in he has a ufc fight night sized ring and he has a ufc main event sized ring and he would train in one of them depending on which one he was fighting in so because of different sizes i didn't even know that they're different sizes yeah and uh He has a canvas. The canvas on the bottom of the ring is the canvas uh, from like a fight night that he fought at, and then the canvas from a championship that he won. That he was allowed to keep the canvas. And that's dude, awesome. like I remember looking at it and be like, "Oh my god, this is the canvas that he fought like Tim Sylvia in." Like that's crazy. And uh, and like looking at it and be like, "Dude, that's like insane." Like I'm I'm essentially in the ring that he fought Tim Sylvia in. Really really cool to be able to like have a fight in the same ring that he. Did. Oh
1: yeah, that's incredible. And See, I love yeah. how what they're doing, too, is bringing on some other UFC fighters. Like Sergio Moraes is on this. Charles Oliveira. Charles DeBronx yes. Oliveira is on it. so
2: Really cool, dude. It's gonna I'm be not a cool super car.
1: familiar. I'm familiar with uh, Charles Oliveira's opponent, but I'm not familiar with Gabriel Gonzaga or Sergio Moraes' opponents.
0: Uh, Le- uh, Leonardo Lecce? Do I know him? I don't. Okay, no, that I don't. Don't sound like <laughs> him, but I don't. I, know. I was like, uh, wait,
1: should I know him? I'm excited Maybe. for
0: Anna Rodriguez versus Bia Basilio, too. Anna's a killer. Uh, I remember yeah. that Mika and Kylie, who are two um, former ju- ju- Jujiteras, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. That uh, trained under my professor as well, fought her. Or or one of them, or the other one did. And uh, good matches, but Anna's Anna's very, very tough. Yeah, she really uh, always tough. has been. And she's probably going to be black world champion before we know it, too. Um I'm not <laughs> as
1: familiar with her game just cuz I really like watching Bianca basilio in her footlock. I think it's something that I've tra- tried to watch judo. a few times. I think her Judo side? is my favorite. Bianca Bian- basilio.
0: Judo, yeah, is my favorite part of her game. Seeing her like I know it's like yeah, everybody saw it, but like man, when she judo through Tiani Portefido, that blew, like I couldn't even believe what I had just seen. And I was there. I was lucky enough to be there like watching. And I was like, did that just happen like in front of my face? You know, because yeah. it was just like the, the it, you just don't expect that. And she powered through it like she really believed it was going to work. Like I did that one time and I hurt my neck. Like <laughs> I, I, I tried to do a drop say on a heavier competitor and I definitely hurt my neck and I couldn't grapple for two days. That's oh, not man. even a lie. That was that's <laughs> a true story. So ever since then, I haven't done my very much judo. And then I talked with a. Um, uh, Mr. Urban Kiernan, Ph.D., who is a uh, a judo black belt that trains under Andre at my academy. Very good friend of mine. And Great he's guy. like, why? Yeah, I love him. And he's like, why are you uh, doing drop sanagis? I was like, you are six foot three. Like, <laughs> you need to drop so much lower and you need to have such a like your neck. is For you, good. it's called the drop, drop, drop senagi. It's For me, it's the for me, it's a lay down senagi. Uh <laughs> Yeah. But he's like, why don't you do Uchimata? And man, I love Uchimata now because it's just it feels like a throw that makes sense for my body. That's awesome. But overall, this this uh jiu in a good spot, like we said a little bit earlier. Uh BJJ Stars official, shout outs to you guys for <coughs> making a great event. Uh we are man, like like Jiu-Jitsu in a great spot. It's really exciting. Um <clears throat> uh I guess now what do we do? We preview some stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, the
1: that. only other thing that's coming up that's really on the calendar in the near future is the next fight to win, so that's yes. being headlined by Max Jimenez and Victor Hugo, which is a really good fight.
0: That's gonna be cool. I don't think uh, Victor Hugo is gonna lose for a while. I think he is on some crazy momentum right now, dude. Like that guy is so good, and he's doing a, a just such a fantastic job. Um, I think it would be it would be hard to to. Pick somebody that can beat him, but Max Jimenez – oh, sorry. Let me just – somebody that can beat him. Uh, he's just – he's on momentum, and momentum in is just huge. Uh, I do think that Max Jimenez is 100% good enough, and I think that he really has a good shot because he's experienced. He's very, very technical. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm excited for this match, but I do think that Victor Hugo – there's something to be said for the sheer momentum that he's riding – and I mean like – I mean there are a lot of eyes are on him. He just got ranked pound for pound number one in the world. So this is a big opportunity for Jimenez to kind of be like, nah, uh Like I just beat the number one pound for pound guy. Where am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's an interesting matchup, but I I do pick Victor Hugo.
1: Yeah, he has a lot of momentum. Like you <laughs> said, Max is incredible. He's got a lot of really good results. He's beaten a lot of good guys. I think he beat Ali a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um But Victor is training with Chanji and Rafael Lovato. They're training really hard every day. Those are like – I don't think you could really have two better mentors. Like guys who are like late 30s, maybe around 40, um, who just like have won world titles, have done ADCC, have been through the ringer, have done MMA. They know – that like you couldn't really have two better guys in your ear just giving you advice and and leading you like both technically and mentally. So – I feel like that's a huge, huge advantage for Victor Hugo too. What do you think about yeah. that?
0: I think that there's a lot to be said for that, especially like now you have, you know, uh, I would imagine that Zanji is a lot more. He's probably not. I wouldn't say working harder is is the wrong way to, to say it. I would say probably like focused differently. Yeah, he uh, had some
1: injuries. I know he had yeah. a surgery on his on his wrist, yeah. so that was like something that took him out of action. And yeah. he's also opening a school in Austin now, which is really yeah, cool. cool.
0: Yeah. Um, having like, you know, the people like Lovato and, uh, and Zanji, not necessarily like training with every day, but lending you advice and wisdom and you are able to work very hard. You're very motivated and you've been around people who are trying to lift you up and motivate you is incredible. Like Victor's in a great spot right now. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And, uh, this is kind of reminds me of something I talked to, uh, my coach about, um, not too long ago. He was just basically saying that like. A lot of times, yes, your training partners, the people around you do matter, but the people in your ear, like the people who are telling you, like, you can be a champion, you can achieve this, those people are absolutely, like, integral to, like, high-level athletes. Like, pretty yeah. much everyone who's really good has someone who's they, – they have people who are motivating them or maybe who have, uh, have accomplished great things themselves who are telling them that, like, hey, you can do this. Like, you can – you have the capability, and just having yeah. someone believe in you is, I feel like, a really important thing, too.
0: Holding you accountable for your own mental health.
1: Yeah, exactly. Very exactly. big.
0: Yeah, very big at like for every athlete, and I feel like that can make or break uh, success. It really can. Yeah. You know I feel I mean? like that's
1: important like just for life. like Yeah, yeah just exactly. Having someone, We're talking about
0: fighters. Talk about yeah. anybody who th- thinks that they're – if you're listening to this right now and you have been – struggling or you think that maybe you are in a spot in your life where you feel insignificant just know that you are not insignificant you are definitely significant you're a human being that is living and breathing and try to surround yourself with people who aim to bring out your strengths and not highlight your weaknesses you know what i mean like you gotta you gotta get get in touch with friends who who you remember made you feel good about yourself and try to surround yourself with people who motivate you remove things in your life that you feel are hindering you like that's very very important for your mental health and if your brain isn't working with the rest of your body the rest of your body is not going to feel like it works anyway so if you're struggling to get out of bed you feel like you're insignificant um don't believe that don't feed into that because that's that's totally a lie uh and you know you have to be able to stay confident in your own significance and, and surround yourself with people like that it's very very important definitely Look at that, inspirational open guard cast. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to preview a fight that, um, quite frankly, uh, I'm going to be blunt, and uh, we're going to take a little tone shift here and be a little rude. Uh, I do not care uh, about Gordon Ryan versus Ronaldo Jr., and here's why. I think that if Gordon Ryan loses, he needs to take a break from social media and not go in public for a while. Um, <laughs> I don't think he should lose to Ronaldo Jr. I, I, I think Ronaldo <clears throat> is definitely a competitor who is good enough to make an upset. But if we're talking no time limits, submission-only rules against Gordon, Ronaldo's not the guy to do it in my opinion. Now, I am perfectly okay with this coming back and biting me in the ass because I'm a guy he's sitting behind a desk – fiddling with my mouse in front of a pop filter with a microphone. Uh, it's very easy for me to talk, but I have also fought Ronaldo. Um, I think that Ronaldo is one of the most hardworking dudes in jujitsu is v- like, like it, the way he works hard is pretty inspiring. You can just look at uh, him working and be like, dang, like I got to get to work kind of thing. Um, Gordon is just a different animal in Nogi though, man. Like, I don't know uh, I, I just don't see, you know, I don't see a world where Ronaldo makes this happen. And this is just my, I know it's like, you know, being a media guy, you shouldn't say stuff like that, but it's just my, it's my, my tired, raunchy opinion. And I want to hear your opinion too.
1: Yeah. My opinion. I mean, when I look at both of these guys, like, of course I see like all the stuff that goes on on social media. Cause I follow pretty much everyone in jujitsu. So I, I understand that there's a lot of people who have, like, very strong opinions on... I'm probably both of these guys, to be honest. But um, if I'm just looking at... Like, I try my best just to focus on, like, their skill sets and, yeah. like, who's good at what. So, I mean, Gordon, I think it's really... You can't make an argument, really, as him not being the best no grappler in the world right now. Yeah, like, no. he has answers for for everything, for every almost every style. Every style he's been put up against, he's proven that he can defeat it in multiple rule sets, too. So if you if you look at... Gordon's like career arc and trajectory, and the type of guys he's beaten. Like he's beaten the heavy guys, he's beaten the lighter guys. He like he has an answer for almost every situation in in nogi. So I, I think Ronaldo. It'll be interesting because I feel like Ronaldo's strength is in his movement. Like he moves really well, and his movement's different. Like he doesn't get tired. So it'll be interesting to see if his pace can present any challenges to Gordon. Um, I I think Gordon will probably whole guard and just kind of you know do some guard retention for the first couple minutes let Ronaldo kind of wear himself out similar to what Tommy Langeker did yeah but I in, knew there's a lot in a Noki for that fight too yeah yeah that, so, that was going to
0: be a point that I knew you were going to bring up too I knew you were going to bring up the Tommy fight it's
1: very, yeah that's
0: a big fight we, to watch
1: yeah we've talked about it a bunch of times before too and I think that was one that was like really fascinating to me and you so oh yeah
0: well Tommy this, I think there's also something to be said for Tommy's bowed legs and how yeah. uh <laughs> that's a joke but no tommy's guard retention is ridiculous and yeah. that's the kind of thing you need and that's what i took into my fight with Ronaldo. when i beat him was dude just don't get your guard passed like that's yeah. you don't worry about submitting this fool like just try don't contain get him your first. freaking guard passed like that's a huge thing and you see that Ronaldo gets a little um if he doesn't pass the guard he does get a little frustrated you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's that's a that's a dangerous trap that anybody who works very, very, very hard can sometimes fall into just psychologically is um, getting frustrated when what something you worked very hard on doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you've seen yeah. it with Bernardo Faria as well, one of the most well loved guys in Jiu Jitsu, but you saw mm. him versus Herber Santos get very, very frustrated. And I just think that uh I mean, I'm not gonna say that it's that he's gonna get frustrated. I'm not even saying that Ronaldo gets frustrated, I'm just saying you've seen it happen so and you've seen it happen against somebody who's not talking you know talking crap and getting under your skin yeah, kind
1: of lighting a little bit of a,
0: a fire yeah, under him lighting but a little bit of a fire you know and it's funny I think that Ronaldo has done a very good job in the verbal exchanges and I think it's hilarious <laughs> saying bring my money in cash baby boy is pretty funny like I didn't even know he had that kind of sense of humor but it's funny and I, I and you know what like it can sound because I'm judging the fight. It can sound like I don't like Ronaldo. I and I've said this many times. My one of my goals in, jiu- in my jiu-jitsu career is to is to have lunch with Hanaldo Junior. And like buy him food and just can I, can I come become friends? Yeah, let's become friends <laughs> with Hanaldo. I want to I want to become friends with everybody in the community eventually. Um, yeah. Because like when my career is done, my career won't be done in a way. Like when my yeah, your relationships are done, are going to live on. My competitive career will be done. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't compete very much anymore, but my stamp that I leave on the community will transcend my competition. Yeah. It's the same way that you're going to be there with me doing it. You know what I mean, I'm going to have an open guard cast tattoo after the 500th episode. So, <coughs> and by the way, that's a lot of episodes. Um, yeah. well, we out out a guest. I'll do it after a thousand. All right. All right. I like, it, I like <laughs> it. Uh, okay, cool. I'll hold you to that. Danny, you just, that's on the internet now. It's immortalized. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I, I think that uh, Gordon is going to win the fight. I think that um, there's – I don't see a lot of ways that that Gordon doesn't win. I, I think that Hinal- the best thing Hanaldo could do is pace himself because he should have the better gas tank. He should have the better gas tank. But I think if he overextends and overcommits in a no-gi match that's no time limit sub only, then – he that's where he's gonna win he's gonna win by out cardioing gordon ryan and that might be hard because gordon works very very hard he works really he works really hard
1: he doesn't set the same type of pace that ronaldo sets. so like maybe he's not like taxing his cardiovascular system in the same way but he's very like consistent he's consistently putting pressure on you from bottom and from top yes It's, it's hard to hold him off in my opinion
0: yes and i and i've i have i don't i don't think you know, Ronaldo has an unlimited gas tank. I don't think that at all, but I do, I, I, meaning I think he can get tired. I think that in this format, he can definitely get tired. It's no time limit sub only the fight in theory can last 30 minutes. It can last an hour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could both be like, all right, let's take a break. Like, let's just keep the time going, but you know, take it's So break.
1: it's so interesting now that, that you bring it up. That's like no time limit because it's like, I feel like. People's styles are so contingent upon the rule set a lot of times because oh, yeah. like if if you're no time limit submission only all your matches are are that format like your style is not going to look like Ronaldo Junior's. No guessing. way, no and, way in my opinion. Like I love I, I'm going to be honest like I I really like Ronaldo's style I think it's really cool I really like Gordon's style like the the way they express their techniques is really interesting to me and it's it's really cool like seeing their games and and how they do against other competitors so I'm big fans of like both of their styles but like it's just interesting like how like you said, like he does have a gas tank. Yeah, he <laughs> it does. It does exist. Like he can get tired. You're comparing his gas tank to other people. Yeah. So when someone else gets tired and he doesn't look as tired, it doesn't then mean you're saying, this guy
0: has a limited gas tank. It's yeah, not true. exactly. Yeah. Me and him have had a match and you were there. I was, there. was one of the only people to see this crazy match that Ronaldo and I had. And this is why I, I started right to like Ronaldo as a human. In the, the same day that I, I, I grew to hate Ronaldo I grew to love him again because uh, in one of our matches, and this is, you know, I was very upset about this. I was very, I talked to Dominique Bell because I didn't want to talk to Ronaldo after this happened. He put neon belly on me, and then he stood on me, and, and I was very tired. Um, I don't know what, I don't know why I got stood on so you with tired. The bottom of his feet. Yeah, he stood on me. Whoa. From, from neon belly. Yeah, very, very rude. Um, and I talked to Dominique. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Ronaldo was like that, man. That really sucks. I was like, I wish uh, he had a little bit more respect as a competitor. And Dominique was like, hey, man, I, I don't know what to say. Like I didn't – I we don't tell him to do that. you know. And I know Dominique is a, a very kind man. So it is what it is. But then I was like, all right. I was like, I'm going to see him in the final of the open. I was like, and then and then we'll see how he stands on me. You know what I mean? I was really angry. <clears throat> and then I win my first two fights by submission in the open. He goes in the final of the open. I'm like, all right, this is it. I'm going to get him. And uh, I, I sweep him, and I'm up by an advantage for a better part of the fight. And then he's, he is, he got two advantages and then, um, we're like, it's crazy, dude. Like I think I remember Danny being there at one point in the match. I swear to God, I did a backflip. Like I, (laughs) I, I, something happened. I wish that there was video. If there was video of this match, it would be the craziest match in jujitsu history. You know, what's crazy about
1: it too, is like the way that the pace of it changed throughout it, like the beginning was pretty controlled, you know, like trying to trade sweeps and then it just turned into this like insane scramble we're it both of you guys are just,
0: <laughs> just for like five leg. minutes straight. We were both just going. Like yeah. I remember, it was, it, at one point it was, um, th- this is a sequence. I, I we we both pulled. I went for a footlock. He sat back. I came up for an advantage. I was under the leg. I went for a long step, and he swept at the same time. So that's when I thought I did the backflip. Then I'm defending a single leg. He takes me down, and I tomeo nagi him out of bounds. No points, and I'm like. I get up and I'm like, damn, this is a crazy match. And I'm like, I want to like smile. And like, if it was somebody else who didn't make me mad earlier in the day, I'd probably have been like, dude, this is awesome. You know, because yeah. I just, I, I struggle to separate. I struggle to not, you know, be happy. And I'm, to me, it's not like a professional thing. It's like, we're doing what, what I love the most. Like, let's go. Um, and then, uh, I remember he beat me by an advantage that day in the final of the open. And the uh, the whole gym is like, holy crap. Like, what did we just watch? Like, th- that was insane. And was I It was in a like,
1: smaller gym, so it was kind of one of those things where, like, if a really like a crazy match is going on, everyone pays attention.
0: Yeah, there really, weren't a ton really of cool. mats set up,
1: maybe six or eight.
0: <clears throat> if anybody had videoed that match, I would have lost my mind.
1: I'm going to try and find it.
0: No, it's not on YouTube. It's not on Flow. Nothing. I can't find it. I have to ask people who were there. Like, do you have any video of it? Um, because dude, it was, it was legitimately like 100% legitimately. It was the, the craziest match I've ever had in jujitsu. And I, I, uh, Ronaldo after the fight, like me and him were both like hands on our knees, like spent. And I don't know where I got that cardio from. Like I was not, I didn't have that much energy earlier in our, in our previous fight. And it was not as intense of a fight. I think there's like the adrenaline just kicked in and I was feeling the, I was feeling like the energy of the match. And it pushed me. Like I was like, Yeah, I can do this. I can I can keep up. And then uh and then it was just, you know, it was just a nuts match. And afterwards, I was like, they were calling Ronaldo and he was really tired, like just like I was. And I slapped him on the back and I was like, Do you want your gold medal or not? And he just smiled and then we went. And uh and then I made him laugh. Did I tell you the story about how I made him laugh?
1: Tell Um, it again. I don't remember. We
0: were at the Long Beach Open and it was right before he was about to fight, and he uh he had a black gi on. And uh, and it ripped. And I was talking to a Mac coordinator and I was like, you see, that's because he wasn't wearing a white gi. And I was like, just like joking. And it, that's not meant to sound like a racist thing because it wasn't. It was meant to be like a joke about, you know, traditional white gees and how white gees are cooler than black gees and bluegies. And And uh, and then he just goes. Uh, I was like, you see, a white wouldn't have ripped like a whiter or gi wouldn't have ripped as like a, a, a black gi. And then he – and then the ring coordinator starts laughing and then he all turns to me and he pulls out a white gi like as if it's like a sword. He's like <laughs> – and he looks at me like a really like cheeky like, look. I got this one too. And then he just starts laughing and I'm like, hey, see, he's got a white one. And then he just starts laughing and I was like, I made him laugh. Yes, we did it. I was like, everybody, we can go home. We finally did it.
1: Do you remember talking to me in the bullpen after you fought him in that match?
0: No. What did I say? Okay,
1: so you walked in the bullpen and like – like you said, the the match looked like you had unlimited cardio too. You guys both looked like you were just literally on an assault bike for a month right before you fought, and uh, <laughs> you were just dead. Like he was dead too. You guys were both just like laying on the ground, like so tired. It was it was crazy. It was like one of those times where you could tell that like you both put everything
0: you had into the match. Oh, dude, I literally like I struggled to stay awake on the drive home that night. Yeah, <laughs> See, I, I lost all your energy. Be- urban uh urban kieran the man that is the judoka was with me that yeah. day, and he uh and he was like dude i can't even believe what i just watched he's like that that is that that was like that felt like we were watching something important like that like i just saw something that i really need to remember <laughs> like kind of like we like yeah. just saw a shooting stars something like that and that's what it felt like to be a part of and that was one of the moments, like I talked about confidence earlier. That was one of the moments where I realized, like, dude, this guy's the best brown belt in the world. And I just gave him that. Like, where am I? You know? Because yeah. I always struggle with feeling like, you know, kind of kind of insignificant or lack of confidence. Yeah. In my own jujitsu. And it's, you know, like some people might be like, gosh, shut up. Like, you know, that you're you're good black belt. And I believe I am. But there's just a lot of there's a lot of that, like you know, self-doubt that a lot of people deal with. And that was the fight, dude, where I was like, dude, like I love rocking out like that. Like if I have a fight like that, like I love that kind of fight. Like just a yeah. back and forth, just of something the fans love. Like imagine if that video – would have been on Flow or something. That would have been like a crazy match. And we had a crazy match at Nogi Worlds, too. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that was insane. Dude, my I've gosh. watched that a bunch of times. So you know insane. what's funny is? I, somebody came up to me and was like, dude, that was insane. I was like, you know what's funny is? That's not even our craziest match. And I yeah. always tell people. They're always like, dude, the Nogi Worlds match was sick. And I think I remember talking to Ronaldo and being like, yeah, that wasn't even our craziest match. And he didn't say anything because he's not a man. He's made a few words. But, um, yeah, dude, just, just really, really cool. And uh, I'm very thankful for Ronaldo. I'm thankful for his career, but yeah. I also think he's going to lose to Gordon Ryan, and that's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm
1: also thankful that he took this match. No one else really wanted it, and I think Gordon wanted to fight on the last third-coast grappling, but he couldn't get an opponent, so he did that charity match, which was really cool. I was, I really liked how he did that and donated the funds. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm thankful that Ronaldo took the match, and I always learn every time I watch Gordon and Ronaldo and high-level guys, so I'm just – grateful that i get to watch it
0: (laughs) yeah it's gonna be really cool yeah man that was a that was that was quite the episode daniel Donald. yeah we went
1: uh we went a lot of different directions so don't listen if
0: you have adhd
1: or do or do do. do. yeah or do do listen probably if you do
0: or don't here's the thing about the (laughs) open guard (laughs) if you you do or you don't just listen (laughs) yeah here's the thing we are young i have a i have a older gentleman and a younger gentleman with microphones right i'm <laughs> um, about by, by the way for those of you watching on youtube uh i got this boom mic this this awesome boom mic here that uh danny danny first of all danny has sent me far too many gifts right like he's v- way too giving uh i hate it <clears throat> it's, it's just it's very very nice and uh he gave me this microphone this this Samsung microphone and i was like damn like that's such a nice gift like what am i gonna get danny and then um and then he bought uh, a great open guard cast polo, and now I have that. The open guard cast t-shirts were also Danny's brainchild. So I'm thinking, like, why am I such a bad friend? <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> up. I'm just kidding. No, but uh, I'm going to buy Danny this uh, another boom mic like this cause, so we can have a professional setup. And then one day what we're going to do is we're going to have an open guard cast studio where we're just going to go record episodes instead of uh, being over Skype only. And it'd be, I think it would be easier if we did that because then um, it could be us – with a Skype guest rather than having like, you know?
1: Yeah. I think the audio will be better from our end and then, you know, just more consistency in the recording quality.
0: And I think, uh, we, we might, this is just an idea. I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, so it's a surprise for everybody after we finish airing, but Danny, if you don't have anything else to add, I'm going to do my uh, silly outro. No, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Electrum performance. Do you like getting thick? Do you like getting swole? Do you like squatting? Do you skip leg day? If you answered yes to one or all of those questions, well, not the leg, not the leg day question. That dumb. That started out really good, but then I thought if you skip leg day, you're a dummy. You're right? missing so 70% of their workout. You're missing – why would you ignore 70% of an electric performance workout? <laughs> um, guys, use our discount code opengarcast25 uh, if you want to get a thick, mean, swole, lean, like a freaking gargoyle that is on – steroids like do it be on electric performance it is sick actually uh shout out to jt little for using our discount code nice. Heck yeah uh like the guys at electrum are awesome we had them on before if you guys want to listen to those episodes you can you can just go find them we're only 34 episodes deep it's not that much of a scroll and we'll have them uh, back on
2: too oh <laughs> you're damn right you're damn skippy uh yeah but uh let me just uh switch to my michael sears persona and we'll take us out of here Hey guys, uh, thank you for watching Omen Uh Danny O'Donnell is uh, our co host. So, yeah, just go ahead and uh, listen uh, or uh, stay tuned because we're going to have a lot of guests on in the future. And, uh, yeah, Danny, uh, why don't you uh, take us out of here? Or, no, shout outs <laughs> to uh, actually, going to shout out a couple people. We're going to shout out uh, uh, High uh, Tier Photography. Yeah, yeah, High Tier Photography. We're going to shout out them. And uh, Chill Fit Cryo. Paul Meganaro is going to be on, uh, on the show eventually as well. So, that's cool. Number one cryotherapy spot in uh, in Arizona. Shout out to Aggro Brand for making our, our cool t shirts and uh, shout outs to Marcio Andre. Man, I like Marcio Andre. That is a good competitor. Uh, Andre Maricaba, another great competitor. A lot of people don't don't know about him, but uh, really just a just a just a genius when it comes to Jiu Jitsu. So shout outs to him. Uh, shout outs to uh Flow Grappling and uh, uh Third Coast Grappling and uh, all the super fight shows, like Fight to Win, DJ Stars. Oh yeah, all of them. Every single one of them. <laughs> shout outs to them. Because uh, they're putting on some cool stuff. Man, you're just in a good spot right now. So, uh, God, it hurts my face physically. That <laughs> your face like contorts What's when I you make that? that voice. It's like this, this sideways thing to make the voice sound weird.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, shout outs to uh, – God, he's going to listen to one of our episodes one day. He's going to be like, this guy hates me. But I don't. I, I don't. I just think his voice is funny. Um, he's from Chicago. I want to meet him.
2: Oh, my wow, sure best friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. We love all of you, um, and we appreciate – the vast support you give us. So we will see you on the next episode, hopefully with a guest. Uh, if not, I'll just have to look at Danny's sweet face for a whole another two hours. So you make, make your choice. Either way I'm winning wrinkled face. Oh yeah. Old and wrinkled. You look younger (laughs) than me anyway. Uh, Danny, why don't you take us out of here? Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this was a
1: recap of some of the latest events in professional jiu-jitsu and like Jake said, (laughs) we'll be back next week with a guest. So, See everyone soon.